When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 353 of Rams Up. We're going to get to the second half of my conversation with Scott Richmond, talking all things Rams. That's coming up here in a second. Got to talk about these Sunday playoff games a little bit. We're going to get into the conference championship games really deep later in the week. But first, episode 353, I wanted to talk about a Ram who wore number 53, and that would be Jim Youngblood, drafted by the Rams in the second round of the 1973 draft out of Tennessee Tech, of all places. Two years after the Rams drafted Jack Youngblood, no relation. A lot of people had a hard time understanding that, just assumed they were brothers or cousins or something, but they were not. Jim Youngblood, a 6'3", 235-pound linebacker, played 12 years for the Rams, a cornerstone of some great Rams defenses. That linebacker core, at one time, Jack Reynolds, Jim Youngblood, Isaiah Robertson, and Bob Brudzinski. Pretty darn good group. Jim Youngblood, number 53. So we talked a little bit about the Packers and 49ers, and then the Lions beat the Bucks. So we get Jared Goff and Josh Reynolds versus the 49ers. Niners open up as six and a half point favorites. Going to be about the Lions defense putting up some measurable resistance, I think, against a really good 49ers offense that struggled a little bit against the Packers. And the Lions are going to have to finish drives against a really good 49er defense. And can the 49ers rattle Jared Goff? Really good Lions offensive line. So that'll be a big test. Can the Niners' pass rush get to Jared Goff? Still not impressed with Brock Purdy. He really didn't do anything remarkable in that game. Actually made a lot of bad throws. And then there's that 49ers kicking game. So definitely would love to see the Lions advance. Not sure if I want the Lions to win a Super Bowl. 
I'll know how I feel about that when that game kicks off, assuming the Lions get there. In that 49er Packer game, just one thing needed to go the Packers' way, and they probably win that game. That dropped interception might have been six points. Note that I didn't say seven because, man, kickers have been ruining games all year long, haven't they? They couldn't convert a fourth and one and had trouble in the red zone, much like the Rams have, really cost the Packers. And the Chiefs, man, what did we learn? Never count out Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes when the playoffs roll around. This team has not been impressive all year long. Bills kind of handed that one away. I didn't watch the entirety of that game, but it sounds like the Bills really had plenty of opportunities to win that game and maybe choked a little bit. So we get the Chiefs and the Ravens in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Got to give the edge to the Ravens, but like I said, don't count out Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So former Rams pressing on. Jared Goff, Josh Reynolds, and Jake McQuaid still surviving OBJ with the Ravens. I forgot to mention him last week. Dunn, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, and David Edwards. You know, Edwards is manning, I think, the left guard position for the Bills early in that game. And then later on, I didn't see him, so I'm not sure what happened there. Leonard Floyd, invisible, or did he even play? I'm not sure. Von Miller had, I think, one tackle. So Lions at the 49ers, Chiefs at the Ravens. Go Lions for this week anyways. And I think I'm pulling for the Ravens because they are the team that will give the 49ers the biggest test should the 49ers advance. Ideal situation, Jared Goff to Josh Reynolds for the game winner against the 49ers. And then the Ravens trounce the Lions in the Super Bowl. Hey, let's get to the second half of that discussion with Scott Richmond coming up here right now. The first question I would have is, okay, so typically the Rams, uh, when they're making a push, when they feel like they're going to be competitive and are in the Super Bowl conversation, it's pretty clear what they do. They'll take their first round pick and they'll trade it for uh, an established talent. Although typically they they don't necessarily do that before the draft, unless it's someone like Stafford. But then last year they did the opposite. They just, you know, amassed 14 picks and, you know, took the shotgun approach, hit on like nine of them. And it was, you know, it probably ensured that this franchise is going to be competitive for a couple of years. Now this year coming into this draft, I mean, they got the 19th pick. What do you think their strategy is going to be? It could depend on as listening has already said, actually, you know, when you get to that 19th pick and, and who's available, um, mm-hmm. do you move back or do you to or do you make the pick? In general, do you think what the Rams strategy, what do you think the Rams strategy is going to be uh, adding as many picks as possible like last year or going for quality over quantity and trying to to move up in the draft or even trade picks for established players? I think this year it probably might be lean more to the quality side because they um, they filled so many holes with last year's draft. There's not going to be as many roster spots uh, available. So drafting 10 or 11 players again this season is just going to be most of them are going to go to the practice squad and they might get plucked by another team. So um, I don't know. I, I tend to feel 
um, running some um, mock drafts myself the past couple weeks. I'm thinking uh, I'm falling in love with two or three players, and they're probably are available at the end of the first round and maybe at the top of the second round. So I'm probably leaning towards trading down and acquiring another second or third. And then after I take that first pick, trading back up again and trying to get up into the top of the second round. So so maybe you end up with six or seven picks, but you have a, a late first and maybe a couple of seconds, something like that. Yeah. Right. Trying to keep most of those picks, trying to get three or four picks in the top 100 and then another three or four picks in the fifth and sixth rounds you know, to, to fill in. So that's what okay, I'm looking for. Now, now, without giving me names yet, because we'll get to that mm -hmm. next, I don't want to, I don't want to um, cover too many topics at once, but mm -hmm. what, what would be the three positions that you would target at the top of the draft? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so many people, so many Ram fans think a defensive back is going to be a very high priority and they think a first round pick should be used and i'm telling people it's like no the the cornerback class is deep you can get some starting quality cornerbacks later you can't get an offensive tackle and you can't get an edge rusher later in the draft you have to get them you have to get them at the top because that's where that's where the quality is that you can bring somebody in and actually can contribute your one so um that those are the two positions i'm looking at i'm looking at offensive tackle and edge rusher can be safety, cornerback, linebacker. You can get good ones fourth, fifth round, maybe sixth round. You know, I was leaning towards a couple of positions you mentioned, but I haven't done the deep dive into the who was available, what, what type of talent you can get in the second or third round yet. So without knowing that, um, I'll throw a couple of names out here, and I think you already answered one of them for me, that you're probably not going to want this gentleman in the first round. Because he's a cornerback, I've seen him mock to the Rams a couple of times. That's the cornerback out of Iowa, Cooper Tejean. Do you have an opinion on him? I, I guess, well, you already said you're, you're not taking a cornerback in the first round then. As much as I like Cooper Tejean, no, I probably wouldn't. I, I would pass, I think, um, in any other year, possibly. But um, Yeah, I thought the Rams would take two cornerbacks early last year. And I was dead wrong on that. They didn't. They waited till it, what Trey Tomlinson in the sixth or seventh round, whenever it was. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What about now? You said you like Edge, and uh, just going by uh, the potential where my guys might get drafted right now today, this morning as we're talking, the Edge rusher out of Florida State, Jared Verse. Um, how do you feel about him? Uh, my thought well, process. Is he? Go ahead. No, I was going to say if if he's not your guy, I think there is an edge rusher you do like, so you can just share with us who you do like. Uh, if it's well, not I'll just verse, give my opinion on verse really quick. Uh, I think he's great, but I think he's more of a power rusher. He's more of a stout outside linebacker for what the Rams would use him for, and uh, I kind of think that kind of goes in line, kind of more or less what they already had with uh, Michael Hoyt playing the position. Um, even though Jared Verse would be an improvement on that. I think they need to go back to the smaller outside linebacker, the one who has uh, great quickness and speed, who if he's not rushing the quarterback, he can get back out and cover the flat. Try to prevent what happened in the Rams-Lions game with Hoyt getting matched up on um, um, Sam Laporta, who burned him for a touchdown in the playoff right. game. You know, um, So I'm kind of leaning uh, as good as 
verse Jared versus I'm I'm going to go with a different one. I think Chris Braswell from Alabama would be perfect. He's plays opposite of Dallas Turner, who gets most of the uh, attention. Uh, but Braswell has uh, he's about the same size, has the same speed. Um, he's very technically sound, has a lot of uh, a lot of tricks in his bag for pass rush moves. I like that he has the bend in the hips in order to bend and get around the tackles where some guys don't have that as much. Like a verse we were talking about, he doesn't, he's really not going to bend around a tackle. He's going to get through them with power or counter moves. So I see Braswell, I just checked 6'3, 255 ish, and maybe late second, early third round. I think after the senior bowl or the bowl appearances that he's going to get, I think he's going to be looked at top 40. Fair enough. I'm just going by these uh, current uh, CBS prospect rankings, which it's early. Now, I you didn't mention wide receivers. If we retain Demarcus Robinson, which could be difficult, there could be a market for him. You got Tutu, um, Puka, and Cooper Cup. Would you spend a first or second round pick on a wide receiver? And the one the reason I bring that up, uh, the one I've been kind of looking at a little bit is uh, again, another Florida State guy, Keon Coleman. Uh, I haven't watched my, any tape of him yet, but uh, from what I read of other evaluators, I don't think he really fits what the Rams are looking for. Um, maybe size-wise, but um, tends to be just a – I think he's a larger wide receiver. He's good at the contested catches he would be good at. A um, little bit slower feet, doesn't separate as well as some of the other receivers in the draft. You would target an offensive tackle potentially in the first round or if you move back into the second. Is there anybody you had in mind? For where we're drafting and where we could possibly get him would be Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. I think he's uh, he got the experience. He can He's both uh, equally talented at run blocking and pass blocking. He can play the left side. Um, he could probably... Give, give the responsibility they gave to Steve Avila as a rookie, I think they could do the same thing with him. Give him reps at left tackle and let him earn the spot. Um, I think it would allow us to move uh, Alaric Jackson back to a swing tackle, and then we could let Joe Nopum go, which we can talk about later. Yeah, I see Jordan Morgan. Uh, CPS Sports has him as the 45th ranked overall prospect, so would probably certainly be there in the first round or you could trade back and still get him. Now, you mentioned Joseph Nopum. Now, this this is the one thing I, I feel that we hopefully learned from the 2022 season is everybody thinks you need five offensive linemen. You really need like eight, right? You need eight guys that you can count on stepping in and performing. And after that, that uh, horrible 2022 season and all the injuries we're pretty lucky this year but still uh having guys like um you know brian allen and i know i obviously you're not a big fan of joseph noteboom uh even maybe even tremaine ankrum um mm-hmm. you have guys that can step in and if you lose a guy or two you can the machine still continues humming along and working I'd rather they kept some of these guys around, even if they're not starters, even if you got to pay them a little bit of money. But you're you're, you're opposed to retaining Joseph Noteboom. He's still under contract, right? Yeah, it's not the player I don't like. It's the contract I don't like. Um, with the way they structured his contract this season, he's, what, due for $20 million. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, is it that much? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, 
uh, what's the cap hit if you move on from them, though, even mm -hmm. by trade or releasing? Yeah. The benefit is uh, there's two options. You can do a pre-June 1st cut, and there would be more dead money involved. I was just looking for money. But if you if you wait till after June 1st, the dead money just uh, falls on the following year instead, right? I believe Correct. that's how it works. Uh, and maybe they, they have a little bit of breathing room, so they could do that if they wanted to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, so if you look at uh, Noteboom, his cap number is $20 million. If you cut him, let's say around the time of the draft, uh, you'd only save... Five million and have fifteen in dead money, but if you cut them post post June first designation, you'd you would save fifteen million on the cap and only have five million of dead money. So <clears throat> between uh, between Nopum and Allen, uh, if you cut them both at the same time, you would put twenty two million back in your salary cap. So I, I've, if I'm reading uh, your thought process here, uh, move on from Joseph Noteboom at some point, pre or post June 1st, uh, draft mm -hmm. a left tackle. I don't think there's really a lot of options in free agency. And then mm -hmm. um, Alaric Jackson takes over that swing role. Is that what you're saying? That That's the idea I'm, I'm proposing. Yes, I like that idea. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, uh, uh, you know, you still have Brian Allen, um, and there's a couple of guys. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Logan Bress. You know, we'll, mm -hmm. we may never know, but maybe maybe he'll maybe his career will be uh, will bounce back next year. I don't think he was uh, healthy at mm -hmm. the beginning of this past season, 100. percent So yes. there's maybe some hope there. Who knows? Um, but um, we'll okay, yeah, yeah, he certainly will, and he should. Let's see. So, um, are there any other draft prospects you? I'm I'm sure there's some other draft prospects you'd love to talk about. Um, I was kind of disappointed with um, when we talk about pass rush. Uh, I'm I'm very keen on the interior pass rush because the way teams have um, schemed around outside pass rushers, where they get rid of the ball quick um, before the outside edge rushers can get to the quarterback way you can really pressure is right up the middle, like via Aaron Donald getting straight up the field and Kobe um, Turner a little bit, Kobe Turner. Uh, but know. even though Kirby, Kobe Turner had a great season, I think the, the play from the nose tackle position wasn't that great um, with uh, Bobby Brown manning it most of the time. 
Uh, he was pretty good against the run, but um, I thought we had better success with the smaller player, um, Greg Gaines. I thought he got after the quarterback quite consistently for as small of his stature. He did pretty well getting after the quarterback. Yeah, you know, I made the comment half in jest. Um, I don't think my uh, roundtable partners, um, I don't think they were on board with me. Let's put it that way. But I said, hey, man, we could bring back a Sean Robinson and Greg Gaines and uh, bring the gang back together. And uh, again, I'm half, half in jest, but I could see them bringing one of those guys back. And, you know, they both signed mm -hmm. one year deals to go elsewhere. And I always thought, who knows what's going on behind closed doors. But I could see Sean McVay and Raheem Morris have our conversations with these guys and say, you know what, dudes, we can't do it this year. We're sorry. You're going to have to go get your money. Mm -hmm. But, hey, do it for one year and come mm -hmm. on back. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if those conversations <laughs> occurred. I was thinking the same thing this morning. Maybe it's just uh, maybe they just told him to go. Don't don't Greg, don't sell your house here in California. <laughs> yeah. And he's a West Coast guy. Greg Gaines is, you know, from yeah. Uh, yeah. from Southern California. And yeah, played, he's uh, the one who went to my high school he, in La Habra. Yeah. So, hey, it's it, he he was a good fit for this defense. And you could mm -hmm. tell that him and Aaron Donald, uh, when they were together out there, they got it done, you know. And he had a big game last week, too, um, against the Eagles. And we'll see him again tomorrow. Or mm -hmm. by the time you hear this, it could be today or yesterday. So is, is there a, someone in the draft that you like that could fill that role? Yeah, I really like uh, Devondre Sweat from Texas. He's uh, he's a mountain of a man. He's uh, what six four three sixty five, I believe. I think I saw him. He stood out again in the game against Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's just a monster. He's equally good against you know again against the run. It takes two offensive linemen to to move him, and a lot of times when he gets double teamed, he's not phased by it. So he's very good at stopping the run, but um he's very tenacious as a pass rusher too i mean he can if he ends up getting single blocked by the center the center's losing 98 percent of the time so where does he uh let me check my list here i'm wondering where he's expected to go in that mid second round area i would presume so another target if uh maybe they move back you know and have a couple of second round picks um yeah he's the type of player that if we could trade down and g gain uh, an extra second or third pick that after they get that offensive tackle and edge rusher, trade back up again and try to get him. Because I think, I think with um, the two quicker players um, in Donald and um, Kobe Turner. Right. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be an awesome three, four front and two uh, outside linebackers that can also rush and cover along with uh, Byron Young. And if we were to get a Chris Braswell, boy, I think that would just be, that would be an awesome front five in my, easily doable too, I think. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with free agency. Uh, that'll tell mm -hmm. us a lot. But uh, I mean, the Rams have a lot of money to spend for the first time in a while. So it's going to be really interesting, very telling how they spend their money. Can we talk about that dollar amount? Sure. As uh, there were some people on social media that were thinking, oh, Rams are going to have 50, 60 million dollars. It's like, no, let's be specific. It's at 44 million, I believe. All right. 42 to 44 million. 
um, they're going to have to sign their rookie class. Right now they're right. They have 10 picks again. So the NFL is going to make them hold 10 million in reserve uh, to sign that class. So 44 minus 10 is 34 million. Um, you're going to have to sign those uh, expiring contract players we've already talked about, like Dotson, uh, Coleman, Shelton, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Alaric Jackson, maybe either John Johnson or Jordan Fuller. I think you have to sign one of those two. Um, and by the time you sign those guys, I mean, you may only have 20 million, 22 million left, maybe. And so you're only going to be able to sign have one big splash signing, maybe two. But uh, that's where I think, um, you know, getting rid of the contracts of Joe Noteboom and the other center, Brian Allen, I think that would kick them back up to the 35 million base, which would really allow them to make two or three splash signings and really uh, get some experienced, better players. I wonder if either of them have uh, a trade potential, maybe not with their contracts, but I think uh, Brian Allen especially, you know, have proven they can play at a certain level in this league. Just I, I think the problem with Brian Allen, um, and I, I defer to some of my partners on this podcast who understand this a lot better than I do. I don't think he fit this new running attack, the new philosophy as far as running the ball. I don't think he fit it mm-hmm. as well as Coleman Shelton. I think that was the problem. Oh, I agree. When they last draft, I think uh, Les and Sean McVay said it easily when they drafted Avila. Um, traded for dots and they also drafted the kid from uh georgia i'm trying to remember his name he's a shorter tackle warren warren, warren mcclendon warren McClendon, McClendon. Yeah. yeah they just sat there with smiles and he goes you know we've we watched people i think they use the saints as an example how drew Brees could always just drop back and there was never any interior pass rush because those front three were just a brick wall and they knew with avila Uh, putting somebody bigger at center and uh, Dotson and maybe even, I think the talk was the McClendon that there was talk that he could play center. And they said, if they could have those three in the middle, they would have a wall for Stafford to. Do you think McClendon has future starting potential? It's hard to say. He's he's one of those players that's just a little bit uh, shorter than usual. So, you know, maybe he gets some reps at center, but um, I think, what I saw in preseason, he's good enough to be a swing tackle. Uh, I'm confident with him stepping in as a writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, we kind of forget about guys like that sometimes, you know. Uh, yeah. I think he got in. He got into some games, a couple of games late, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to just finish off that thought talking about Brian Allen that, you know, since they don't use that uh, wide zone running scheme anymore uh, and they want to really protect against interior pass rush right up the middle, Brian Allen just really isn't in the mix anymore. He's got that shorter uh, yeah. build. And so I just don't think for the value uh, for his <clears throat> salary cap number being closer to 7 million, I just don't think that that's too much for a backup at this point. Um, but I'd still say, you know, as I, I we just need to find a way to have um, eight reliable offensive linemen and uh, I think in 2022, I mean, we went through 13 or 14 offensive linemen, so that was quite the debacle. But I still don't think we had we had maybe six offensive linemen that could get the job done, and you know, we needed twice that <laughs> in that particular year. Hey, so what are we going to do about our kicker? What about a kicker? 
I think we draft draft the kid out of uh, Stanford in the sixth round, seventh round. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people say, um, you know, never draft a kicker. And, you know, I think the 49ers were got a little bit silly last year, spending a third round pick on a kicker, but I have no problem if you can find it. Now, now the Sam Sloman pick uh, a few mm -hmm. years back did not work out. Um, I don't, I don't know what happened to the scout that recommended him, but, <laughs> but uh, I have no problem using a sixth or seventh round pick on a kicker, uh, as long as it's a kicker that can get the job done reliable, you know, and that's probably the reason why, regardless of what happened in Detroit, if we had gotten out of that game, I don't know how we're going to win a Super Bowl uh, when we rely, we don't have a kicker we can rely on outside of 32 yards, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty tough to win it all in that situation. Okay, um, we've got a lot in here. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Any players, draft picks, free agents? I think maybe uh, talking about the defensive coordinator position. A, a potential uh, replacement or? Yeah, because Raheem's got three or four. He's already finished up three or four interviews this week. So um, if, the, if he gets hired, the Rams are going to be hiring a new defensive coordinator. Um, and one of the benefits they're going to receive a third round compensatory third round pick this year and next year. That's definitely going to help the pro draft process. But uh, I got started thinking about replacements. I, I would like to see them go the way of the collegiate ranks. There's a couple of guys that, that I happen to like. There's a guy from Missouri, Blake Baker. He came in within the last season and took their defense from 113th nationally to 55th in scoring defense. Really did a turnaround there. Tony Gibson at NC State uh, in two seasons finished with the 11th and 14th ranked scoring defense in the nation. Wow. And they really don't get the pick of the litter as far as, uh, you know, kids coming out of high school. So he's doing that with, with you know, some three-star and four-star players. He doesn't have any five-stars on that defense. Utah might be my favorite, Morgan Scally. You know, Utah's just been consistently good the last six seasons. They've finished second, third, first, second, third nationally in scoring defense the last six years. So, um, Yeah, every time I've watched uh, the Utes play um, USC or just about anybody, and it really their defense is just flying all over the place, big hitters, just one of those defenses you hate to play against. Yeah, so I hope they can <clears throat> kind of go outside of the box. I'm sure there are some uh, some of the NFL coordinators. Um, at, from this vantage point right now, it's easier to look at what some of the defensive coordinators in the collegiate ranks have done and say, well, you know, a trip to the pros should be a, uh, you know, a step up, a nice. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw a name that is probably going to spin your head a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is Brandon Staley's NFL coaching career over? I don't think it's over. I think he's going to get another opportunity. I just don't think he's as good as what people said he would, especially the average knowledge fans that would see what he did in one season. And then they right. see the off coverage from, from Raheem Morris and complain about Morris and say they want Staley back. And I say, well, what happened to Staley's defense when he went to the Chargers? I mean, they had as, as good or probably better roster of players. I'm not going to chime in because I don't know. Uh, I, I can't comment on that much on his input to the Rams defense that one year he was their DC 
or what he what he's done with the Chargers. It's I my gut feeling is is that his resume really took a hit uh, as a head coach. Did he get promoted to his level of incompetence? Could he still get it done as a defensive coordinator? I don't know. It's going to be tough for him to regain his street cred at the NFL level, I think. He's going to have to find the right position, the right spot. Hopefully it works out for him, but that did not. That was a pretty ugly final year uh, with the Chargers on the field and the press conferences. Some of them went really sideways. <laughs> so it wasn't a good year for, for Brandon Staley, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Um, I think we had a good discussion here. Anything else you want to yes. talk about? Oh, I think that's it for now. I think I bent your ear uh, yeah. quite long enough this morning. You know, we're going to come back over the next couple of months and I'm going to do some episodes and I'll, maybe I'll have you back for a couple of them. Just talking wide receivers in the draft, just talking linebackers and so on. Uh, maybe pick two positions, an episode, that type of thing. And uh, so I'd love to have you back on for that. We'll give us, give you and me, both of us time to do a little bit of homework between now and then, maybe. Look yeah. forward to that. Okay, Scott, I'm going to sign off here. Thanks a lot. And let's do it again real soon. Great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Talk to you soon. Sure. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.